Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 8.57 p.m. on Sunday, April 19th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your host, Rochelle. And Samuel Shayola. And we're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, where we help millennials see God's design for faith, smart dating, and marriage. Pretty much, we share tools for millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, and prepare them for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on marriageformillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it'll pop right up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from workbooks to our new How to Change Your Love Life in 90 Days workbook, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys. Let's let's jump jump in. in. Okay. Hey guys. Um, happy Tuesday. If you're listening to this on the day that we will release it, I know it's Sunday today, but it will be Tuesday for you once we um, upload this. Um, I, before we get started, I do want to say we're downstairs in our kitchen. So if you hear some like weird noise in the back, it's our dishwasher. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, housekeeping things, right? Okay. So, all right. We're back with again with another podcast. Hoping you guys wrapped up a great weekend and had a great start to your week. I mean, it's like we want to come on here and tell you what we're doing. We want to ask you how you're doing, but we know how we're all doing. We are quarantining, so, um, you know, I'm sure that's what we're all doing. Nevertheless, welcome back to the podcast. All right. So what is today's podcast called, babe? So today's podcast is called Three Important Marriage Mindsets. Um, And this is pretty much another podcast uh, inspired by some of the things that we learned from the Marriage of Your Dreams conference um, hosted by Paul Tripp. Uh, We got a couple good things to share with them, don't we? Got a lot of good bits. I'm liking it. I'm I'm waiting for it. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Okay. All right. Before we get started, though, if you like, love, or even hate this podcast, make sure you subscribe. (laughs) Also, if you have single or married friends, a mom, a dad, a dog, (laughs) share this with them. Um, This content is free, and all we ask is that you subscribe, comment, or leave us a review. (laughs) I don't think you can beat that. All right. All right. Okay. So we got three important marriage mindsets that we want to talk about um, with our um, listeners today. And that's because a lot of the times newlyweds, they spend a good bit of time focusing on the mindset of your spouse. And as opposed to focusing on your own mindset and your part in the marriage, good or bad. Right. So pretty much this is talking about pretty much on the daily, like how are you contributing to your marriage, right? So it was broken down in three mindsets. So we're going to jump right in and share this with you. Uh, Number one. Number one is the harvest mindset. So what is a harvest mindset? It's you're planting the idea that you are planting seeds on the daily, on every hour, every second, every minute. You are planting seeds in your marriage. Yeah, so like what are you planting in your marriage? What type of seeds are you planting in your marriage? And, you know, the the point of this that Paul Tripp was trying to bring out was that 
whatever you plant is what you're going to experience. In other words, whatever seeds you sow, you will reap the reward. And, you know, this goes whether you're, you know, doing marriage right or wrong, you're still doing marriage. Yeah, Just no like matter what, you're sowing seeds. Yeah, you're sowing seeds, like, whether, it's kind of like we've talked about before, um, or maybe you've heard this before, where someone will say, even when you're not raising your child, you're still raising your child. Right. You're just raising them from the absent chair that you're, that you're no longer in. You see right. what I'm saying? It's, Go it's ahead. It's kind of like when people say, like, the ap- a father's absence will still speak volumes. Yeah. More the- than, more, more than, it, it still speaks even from the empty chair. It casts a shadow. Right. And, 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 and it's the same thing in your marriage where no matter what, you are always doing marriage, whether you're doing it poorly or doing it well. Um, so, you know, in, in reference to that, you know, are you planting small arguments or, or, or communication issues? Yeah. And a lot of people think that, you know, these are the big things, um, but they really are the day to day things. Like Sam just said, kind of like, you know, when I woke up this morning, how was my attitude? You know, like, was I happy to serve, you know? When I realized that we were running a bit late for work, did I become irritable or did I try to, you know, really just show grace, you know, things of that nature? Like, are you planting, um, what seeds are you planting? And so, yeah, like you said, are you planting small arguments or communication issues or are you planting um, peace? I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on this. Like, for example, um, let's say there are a list of things around the house that you are tasked with doing on the daily ba- on a daily basis and you start neglecting those things that you're supposed to be doing around the house right and when you are neglecting those things and then your spouse becomes irritable with you they're not irritable for no reason and this is something that we're really trying to like make kind of drill home because like what's happening is you just sowed a seed you might have sowed a seed of laziness you might have sown a seed of of forgetfulness you know um i heard it one time preached about how uh, a pastor was uh learning how his child as his child was growing up he kept using this excuse of well mom i forgot well dad i forgot it's like well you know Forgetting is also a sin in of it in and of itself. You know what I'm saying? This is why, uh, and one even one of the Ten Commandments tell you to remember. Right? It would not be proper for you to not remember the Sabbath. It would not be proper to do that. So for so when you tell your parent, it, what what he was illustrating was like when you tell me you're forgetting, you're only giving me another sin to pile on top of that for punishment to you. So. There has to be a level to which we're sowing seeds. We're not forgetting those things that we're, we're remembering and we are, we, are, we are dutifully doing our task and we're even doing it joyfully. Right. And so um, just to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, even though, you know, if your spouse neglects the task and you, you become irritable, you became irritable because they did plant a seed, like you said. But even your response is you planting your planting own seed. the seed, right? So, so are we going to have a, a a lawn full of weeds, or are we going to like, okay, you messed up there, but I'm not going to add fuel to the fire and plant another bad seed right. on my end. Exactly. Um. So yeah, and you know, because sometimes you know it's not our fault all the time. Like sometimes it's our spouse's fault, but. Yeah. 
how we respond to it being our spouse's fault um, is a seed that is planted in itself. Yeah. And just know that when it comes to the harvest mindset, we want you to guys to remember first and foremost that you will never arrive on this. You have never arrived. You can sow better seeds. Amen. But you can also like, like you've never sown the perfect seed. The only person who's ever done that is Christ himself. And while Christ is in you and he is sanctifying you, this is a lifelong journey in which you're going to be practicing and, and, and just getting better and better at it. So, you know, just just keep that in mind as well here. Yep. And uh, kind of like when you get married and some people do the candles, some people do the sand. Yeah. And it's like you, your spouse and God is pretty much supposed to signify that. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that it's a lifetime exercise means that you will constantly have to rely on God to make to refine and re-strategize and make sure that you are um, planting better seeds as you go along in your marriage. It's kind of like, you know, like Sam said, there's never going to be a seed that you plant that's just going to be great forever. Like, you may plant that seed, and then two days may go by, and just because of your human fleshly nature, you plant a bad seed. Like, you'll just do it just right. without even thinking about it. And so that's kind of... A great example of how while how how while being married, you rely on God and trust God because He's the one who helps to keep your mind on the prize so that you can continue to plant good seeds as best as you can. Right. It, let me add. I'm sorry. This this subject. I love this subject because it just it it just makes so many different things pop up in my head. But like one thing I think we could remember also is that. You know, it's not to him who waters or him who plants, but God who grants the increase. Like that that particular passage is talking about like church division and how, um, you know, we shouldn't have church divisions and stuff like that. But the saying in and of itself is applicable here in the sense that there's going to be times where you're going to sow seeds and they're going to be good seeds, righteous seeds towards your wife or your husband. And when you do that, there are some times where God will grant the increase and there's going to be times where he doesn't. But the, the what is the duty of you in that moment? It's to plant. It's to water. But the, the increase, the response that you get, that's out of your hands. Yeah, because, uh, which is great, is another great point. Um, because if you do things like tit for tat or I'm doing this to get this, then like if you plant a seed and your spouse fails that test and doesn't plant a seed that's good back. Yeah, complimentary. You can can easily be like, see, look at all this stuff I'm doing. Look at these seeds I'm planting, and you're doing nothing. And it can just turn into bitterness and another bad seed being planted indirectly. (laughs) So we could literally be talking about this all day. So that's the harvest mindset. Plant Um, good seeds, folks. Yeah, plant good seeds. What are you planting in your marriage? And again, these are the day-to-day things, um, not just the big things, right? All right. So let's talk about the second point, babe. And number two is the investment mindset. So this is kind of like, what do you value in your marriage? What do you value overall? Because that is what you are invested in, okay? So um, we have like two examples of this. Um, Like, do you value control over forgiveness? Yeah, I mean, like, whenever, let me give a personal example. So in my life with Ro, like, I am very much that, like, my, my bent is to value control over forgiveness. Like be holding them grudges. (laughs) Right. And, you know, this is the part of the conference that kind of hit home because Paul Tripp was able to really root this out. He said, 
um, when it comes to holding grudges, it's it's yeah okay you're not the spouse that you know beats his wife or whatever like that, but it is essentially a bloodless murder. Yeah, that's the way he put it, and, I, and you know that's one of those phrases that just it just echoes in your mind. He's like, dang, yep, that's me. Yeah, like okay. holding grudges or like the silent treatment. Yeah, silent treatment, withdrawal, you know, stuff like that, and. I'm a, I am have a very big bent towards this where I will hold, in order to control the relationship, I will hold that guilt over Rochelle's head when I should have forgiven her by now. It shouldn't take that long for you to, for, for me to have gotten over this particular issue. And it's getting better and better with time by God's grace. Thank God for that. But like I said, like we said before, it's something that you have not arrived at, but it's something that you need to be mindful of. So that's an example of, you know, um, do you value control over forgiveness? What's another example, babe? Um, like, do you value being right over gentleness? And this is where my flaws come into play. Because, like, if I feel like, okay, well, my spouse has sinned against me or somebody has sinned against me and I can prove it or if I know I'm right, you know how we do. And so, <laughs> like, if I feel like I'm right, um, I sometimes will forego gentleness for harsh truth and kind of justify that with like, but I'm right though. So (laughs) I'm laughing because I could just like hear myself in my own just crazy fleshly brain. So yes, I'm like, but am I lying though? Like that's, that's like my line. And I think, I think I know um, a lot of guys on the very much logical side uh, will definitely see this and they'll be like, okay, well, you know, valuing gentleness over being right. But, you know, they'll say that exact same phrase in their head, but am I right though? And I just think that there are plenty of times where Jesus Christ is right, but he does it in such a way or he lets you know in such a way that lets, that, that you self-correct because of the grace that was shown to you. Yeah. And so, this is a great example of just how your spouse is... Um, designed for you like for example for Sam um, you know he does value control over forgiveness but I am the exact opposite so like see him and I can have a argument and I'm kind of just like okay I've, I've said what I have to say let's be friends now like uh, that's right that's she, literally she me gets, she, she, she honestly is once it's over she wraps her hands around me or arms around me and it's just like lovey-dovey like how in the world? How the world? She's this comfortable with me all of a sudden when when I was I was just like wronging her just two seconds ago. I'm like, you good, bro? <laughs> right. And <laughs> right. then on the flip side, Sam is more gentle, mm-hmm. um, in regards to just like over being right, or you know, it takes Sam a longer time to be to give me that harsh truth as yeah. opposed to me. So that's how we complement each other, and you know, that's one of the ways that God has brought us into each other's lives. Um, you know, just to, you know, keep each other as each other's mirror, like we were saying last right. week, um, just allowing each other to show each other God's invisible grace, like we were saying last week. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of rolls right into the third point, which we're talking about with regards to God's invisible grace, which is the grace mindset. Yes. Um, I feel like sometimes when we say things that promote grace, like people think what we're saying is, oh, you should just coddle your partner. And if they're sinning, then you should just never address it. You should just never say anything. And we're not saying that at all. No, not at all. Um, you know, grace never calls wrong 
right. Grace is a way to deal with wrong when it occurs. And and the right. verse that we kind of look at, especially to in these situations, is Galatians chapter six, verse one. Um, some of you may be familiar with it. It says, "Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness." Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now, the question is, tempted to do what? Tempted to do what in that situation? Well, your brother has sinned, probably against you or against somebody in some way, shape, or form, or your sister has sinned against you or somebody in in some shape, shape, or form, and you're tempted to basically act like the drunken steward that uh, Jesus Christ gave a parable on, where you want to then act as though you are God, you want to then you want to hurl damnation on them, you want to uh, condemn them for their sin in that very moment, and you're going to cause lasting damage to that brother or sister that you're married to if you do that and you don't do that gently. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, we. I mean, at the end of the day, we all have like. The, just the temptation to act like God in our rebuke. Yeah. Like, we all, we can take it too far real quick. Like, it's very easy for us to try to condemn someone or, like, mm-hmm. bring, like, our wrath because we don't feel God's wrath is enough, you know? Like, we are, it's very easy for us to, like, get to that point to where right. we go, it's a thin line from where we're going to, like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to show you how you can be better in this area, but it's a thin line to where it could quickly turn into, like, I'm trying to control this area as if I was God. Similar to how, like, you know, how, uh, you know, there's the command to fathers, do not provoke your your uh, children to wrath, right? Like, there's a level to which you can be too heavy-handed in your critique of something or in your and in, in, in not show enough gentleness in how you deal with it. Now, I'm not saying that you should not address these things. As we said before, you're not calling wrong, right? You're not coddling. But at the same time, you need to be able to probably pray before you actually um, come to that brother or the sister. Yeah. Um, and so, kind of like we said last week, um, marriage is not about constant criticism, but support for God's plan in your spouse's life. And that's what you signed up for. So, like, are you able to pray for your spouse? Um, and let me just talk about that because um, yeah. I remember when I was in marriage covenant group and um, one of the ladies that was in the group, um, we still kind of talk with each other to this day. But one thing that she said that I always remember, she was just like, I have to teach myself that before. I don't bring something to my spouse before I have prayed about it to God. Right, right. And that was like really important to me because I'm I don't think I was mastering that at the time. And um you know, a lot of times we can replace our spouse with God. So we're like God is the person who you're supposed to be having this intimate relationship with. God's the person who you're supposed to be casting all your cares with, even the cares of your spouse annoying you today. Mm-hmm. But be, you totally surpassed God where you could have let it all out. You could have, you know, reflected on scripture and figured out a better way. You just went straight to your spouse in your anger. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the reason why you did that is because you did not value that conversation with God. So it's definitely important like to pray for your spouse before even bringing certain things, certain discussions to the table because you can diffuse a lot of things yeah. um, if you're 
if your mind is on Christ when you're talking to him. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's even like practical ways to help do this. Like sometimes there are some people I know who write out their problems. Like literally they'll write them out. And for some reason, when you write things down, you just have a little bit more of a filter before you say what you want to say. Right. Versus when you're looking at the person in the face and you just, it's just. And once even, it comes even, out, it comes out. Even the tone that they're saying it in, you know what I'm saying? It just mm-hmm. makes you want to react in a certain way. Yeah. So maybe you do have to write things down before you, you know, before you uh, let them out and, and, and communicate them to your spouse. Mm-hmm. But just do something that will cause you to reflect. Um, like we said, we, we believe you should go to God. <laughs> go to God first about these things so that then that calming spirit will, will then allow you to reflect on everything and think about how you should say these things or how you should write them out to I don't, I don't know how you want to communicate with your spouse but communicate it in a gracious way amen right right so um, changing your marriage mindset to a positive one so if you listen to this podcast and you're like you know what Ro, Sam, y'all right. Like, I can definitely see the ways in which um, my marriage mindset is not of harvest, not of investment, not of grace. Um, And how do I fix that? How do I change that? Um, We wanted to give you a couple things um, that you can use. Um, The first one is know that only God can help you. Like, you know, like, and we say that because it's very easy to become frustrated with your spouse when you see maybe the same sins being committed over and over. Um, That happens very commonly. You see it more often because, like we said, you are... It's not that your partner's bad. It's just that you have more access to them. Right. Um, So, you know, know that only God can help you. You literally are going to have to rely on God and go to Him in order to get your mindset to change and your heart to soften. I also believe that, uh, you know, another thing that you can do is um, you need to be around couples. You need to be around married couples that are exemplifying what you want to be. You know, um, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you where you'll be in five or ten years. You know, like who is it that you find an elderly couple that you do admire that they've, you know, stuck it out through through the times and you and you like their dynamic by all means. Talk to them. Ask them how they got there. I promise you it was not just the easiest thing in the world, but they have a story to tell. They have something to give you. Yeah, and I think the important word in that is couple, like older couple. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of times, like, you may find it being one person doing it and not both of you. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for example, um, you may have a husband who doesn't really see his wrongdoing, so he doesn't feel like he has to sit under somebody. So what ends up happening is the woman is reaching out to older wives, but she's the only one getting poured into. She's the only one being discipled. Correct. It's important that it's an older couple so that you can be discipled by the woman mm-hmm. and while the man is being discipled, discipled by, by the man, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you guys are both learning at the same time so that you guys can take what you learn and apply it to your marriage daily. Because again, it just kind of goes back to the seeds. If one person doesn't feel like they need to do any improvement, but the next person is actively trying to work on God, they're going to come in from their discipleship meetings, planting positive seeds, but they're going to get discouraged because their, their, their spouse, you know, has no interest in, in sitting under someone who can allow them to, um, 
plant positive seeds. And so I think that word couple is important. Like both people need to be under um, someone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Encourage those uh, those elderly couples, by the way, to be bold with you, to be uh, frank with you. Because oftentimes what happens is you find a couple and um, that old that elderly couple will be like really like overly humble as though like they have nothing to give. It's like, no, like stop. <laughs> you have something to give. There's no way that you kept married. You stayed married for 40 plus years and you have nothing to give. You're not just a novice. I understand that you're still a sinner. Amen. But with you being an older um, uh believer in Christ, there has to be some sanctification if you are truly a believer that you can share with me. So um, that's just an encouragement to the older couples as well um, uh, that might be listening to the podcast. (laughs) They're not quite millennials, but uh, hey, you never know. Sam be telling anybody and everybody, and he don't care. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, But um, yes, so and the last thing we have is think about what you want out of marriage in the end. Like, do you want a marriage that glorifies God? Because if you do, that means that it's going to, you're going to be saying no to your selfish desires a lot. Or do you want a marriage that glorifies you? Do you want a marriage that glorifies your value of control? Do you want a marriage that... Um, glorifies your, your value you know, of being right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, you got to think about those things. Also, as plain as we can say this, who wants to argue till death do them part? Like, you know, like you got at, at some point, you got to, at some point, you got to get tired of fighting. Right. And you have to figure out, okay, a strategy. It's not to say that your fights will just end, but like you have to get, at some point, you have to be like, okay, well, this is not going to function unless we both, like, contribute. And I think that when you first get married as a newlywed, like, it's very easy. Like, yeah, we love each other. Yeah, we said at the altar that, you know, we're, we're, the two will become one and we're one flesh. Yeah, we said all that. But, like, like before that, this is how I lived my life. <laughs> and this is how you lived your yours. life. Yep. And so, like when, like, when you first get into marriage, there is, like, just a learning curve of, of figuring out that, oh, actually, this is this is not going to work if we just stay under the same right. house and live our own lives the way we did it before we were married. Like, we actually have to change things, and we actually have to contribute. Yeah, we have to change things. And, I mean, it's, 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 it's funny. I remember my dad always used to say, but I thought it was like a cop-out answer. But he's like, please, for the sake of peace. And what he means by that is for the sake of peace, like, we really need to just say to ourselves, okay, is the argument really worth it? Or do we truly believe in a sovereign God that is sanctifying our spouse and that will eventually iron out all those details, those different little quirks that we all have that need to be melted away so that we can be in the image of our our elder brother, Jesus Christ? Yeah, and um, I want to be sure to mention that sometimes you have husbands that can use for the sake of peace as a way to not address conflict or just, you know, be kind of dismissive. Yeah. Um, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is for the sake of peace, as in for the sake of the godly peace that should be in this home. Right. Um, and for the sake of honoring Christ as the center of our marriage and mm-hmm. the peace that that will bring. Right. <laughs> that's what we mean. So we want to be clear on that too. So, yeah, man, those are the things that will help you change your marriage mindset to a positive one. All right. Well, that's all we got for today. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a nice little mouthful. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Well, alrighty, guys. Um, that's all we got for you today. Um, we will be back next week with another podcast. I think you're gonna like that one. Um, but yeah, remember to like, um, subscribe, and um, share. Share this. Leave us a review. Um, you know, tell us how we're doing. Give us our feedback. We really mean that. Like, you know, like we we really want to know what you guys think. How we can do better. Um, again, you know, we're somewhat still newlyweds a little bit past that point but we're still young in the game and we want to make sure that um we are not we're that we're not that any type of blind sides any anything that yeah, we're that missing we get, we get privy to them yeah you let us know yeah well all right guys have a good one see you later god bye. bless bye